Here we go. Back to May 4th, 1984. I wonder what's playing. 16 Candles, a movie about creeps, or a direct hit, hunks, hopes, parties. This is everybody. Bodies, geeks, clicks. Yes, I'm back. So I smell. <laughs> and all I don't the think that lines in the movie. Can I borrow your underpants for 10 minutes? That make life worth living. Uh, classic. 16 Candles. This is getting good. Ready PG. Special sneak preview Friday and Saturday night. Check newspaper for theater information. Whoa, this is Drew here with Ashley. Hey. And Derek. Yo. And you are listening to New Release 1984. Each week on New Release, we watch the hottest new movie to hit theaters this weekend in 1984. Ashley, what did we just watch? 16 Candles, written and directed by John Hughes. Tagline? It's a time of your life that may last a lifetime. You know, I read that tagline and I just wasn't that impressed with it. Uh, So I took a pass at writing my own. You want to hear it? Sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) 16 Candles. Nobody cares what you wish for. Not bad, right? That's pretty good. (laughs) Um, but then I, and then I realized, well, actually I didn't need to rewrite one. We could have just used the clip from, uh, the movie that Molly says early on. I can't believe this. They fucking forgot my birthday. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you can't beat that. Maybe you can't put that on the, on a movie poster, but that, that sums it up a lot better than it's the time of your life that may last a lifetime. I don't, yeah, I don't even get it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It sounds like it could be for like an actual like lifetime movie. Like it's not like a real. Yeah, that know. would be a good pun <laughs> if it was. <laughs> so anyway, um, we watched 16 Candles on Amazon Prime, uh, renting it. Um, I also did some quick eBay research and it is there's no shortage of VHS copies uh, for this movie and most of the John Hughes movies for... Um, basically the cost of shipping on eBay. So that's an option. Uh, before we jump in, Ashley, do you want to uh, give us a 30 second recap of the movie? I shall try my best. I'll start the clock when you start. All right, I'm ready. Okay, let's see. So Sam turns 16 and no one remembers her birthday. She's considered mm-hmm. a nobody in high school and has a crush on the biggest somebody who's Jake Ryan. <laughs> Um, hilarious moments happen throughout the movie with her family and overall high school antics ensue. Ooh. And then Sam ends up getting her dream guy in the end and they celebrate her uh, bladed birthday together. Woo! With a cake? Oh, yeah. With How a cardboard can- cake, by could the you, way. Did you, did you count? <laughs> I'm, time's up. <laughs> did you count um, how many candles were on the cake by chance? No, I did not. But the cake is made out of cardboard. <laughs> oh, so, are, are you yeah. uh, are you unleashing some trivia on us already? Sure, I am. <laughs> um, I think you missed my joke. Like the movie's called Sixteen Candles, so I'm oh, guessing no, I got it. I'm guessing yeah, there were sixteen candles it, on there. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got the joke. <laughs> okay, cool. just wanted just wanted to it confirm. Was, it was really good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, great. Great. Uh, <laughs> who cares if it was cardboard? That's not the point. Um, 
So <laughs> everyone knows John Hughes. Everyone knows these movies. Uh, the Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, uh, 16 Candles, Weird Science. The list goes on. Home Alone he even wrote uh, later on. So Ashley, did you, what did you remember or know about this movie going in uh, and, and his other other movies? Like what were your expectations going into the movie before we watched it? Sure. So I used to, so I watched 16 Candles when I was in middle school. It was the first time I watched it. And then I've seen it a few times throughout the years. Um, but I had really fond memories of it as a kid. Right. Um, which changed a little bit <laughs> as an adult. But um, I definitely had really good memories of it, like watching it when I was like 10 or 11. Yeah. These, I mean, it's, it's weird. Like these movies are so iconic that so many things have uh, taken influence from them and copied them throughout the years that it's almost disorienting to rewatch like the source material. And the source material feels generic because it's been made generic, like <laughs> by all the things that copied it. So it's it's kind of strange. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, the one because uh, I've been I rewatched uh, Pretty in Pink and Breakfast Club this week, and Breakfast Club I remembered uh, the most. You know that that kind of like uh, hit on the most nostalgia for me. Pretty in Pink, I didn't remember at all, and uh, not even sure how many times I've seen it. Uh, I guess like once. And then <laughs> this one, uh, what I remembered the beats, the plot, the plot points, but I didn't remember the tone. The tone is like what really threw me threw me for a loop. Like how broad it is. How there's mm -hmm. like you know people remember the the gong noise every time they introduce the very 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 uh, stereotypical. Uh, yeah. Chinese character, yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that's that's just like indicative of something they do all throughout the movie, which is like whenever there's a punchline, it has to be followed with like <laughs> a music cue or uh, things crashing in the background. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unnecessary. <laughs> he, go he goes. He goes to. Um, uh, I'm jumping ahead, but we can just jump all around here. So. Yeah, like he goes to visit his friends, uh, two of the geeks, and there's just like all this crashing noise in there coming from their bedroom, which is uh, <laughs> super <laughs> cheesy. Um, mm -hmm. John Hughes got his start like writing for National Lampoon, which is about as like broad and, and kind of satirical as it gets. And then he, uh, they made those movies like the Chevy Chase family vacation movies. Um, and this, that, that humor, I mean, I know a lot of people love it and I'm not at all, uh, judging people's taste, but that's not my typical taste in comedy, like super broad, um, going for like big belly laughs. I don't know. What about you? Well, I don't even remember. I mean, I feel like I've seen a few of the National Lampoon's movies, but I don't really remember them enough. Like, I didn't go back and revisit them after I watched them. Right. And so I think I'm on the same page as you. Um, I know Caddyshack, a lot of Caddyshack, I mean, do you, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I even, I don't think I've ever even seen Caddyshack. So. Okay. Um, I, it may be like the modern, the more modern equivalent, modern, I use that term loosely, like to when we were uh, in our teens growing up, like in the 90s, like the, mm -hmm. the, um, um, I keep wanting to say John Candy, uh, Chris, 
uh, <laughs> who's oh, the ahead. David Spade, <laughs> David Spade and Chris Farley, Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I was blanking on that. So maybe that, like even that broad level of humor or the Sandler movies, uh, especially mm-hmm. now, <laughs> obviously yeah. that's not a controversial take to say that uh, late Sandler isn't, isn't great, but just kind of that really over the top humor is mm-hmm. not, uh, usually to my taste. And this movie was way more over the top uh, than I than I remembered it being. Way more than The Breakfast Club or um, even Pretty in Pink, which just came out in the following two years after this. But like he had, his sensibilities had definitely evolved or people's taste had evolved and <laughs> he was catering to that, so. Yeah, and he was originally planning to release um the breakfast club first mm-hmm. and then he wrote 16 candles after and they're like no 16 candles should be your first one Stuff like that so it makes it makes sense i mean it, it seems like more of a um crowd pleaser commercial movie i mean you can easily look at the script for breakfast club and and be like what's what's happening here you know there's no mm-hmm. there's no big uh moments um but then when you see it it's all like character development which um will kind of lead us into the next question, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to say even, even the supposed main character, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Samantha, Molly Ringwald's character isn't really developed. isn't really given many traits, but, um, so let's do our, uh, character picks. This is, this is where we assign ourselves to one of the characters that we connected with in the movie. Uh, do you have one, Ashley? I do. So not a mean character. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going with, she's named geek girl number one. Yep. In the, um, so that's Joan Cusack's character. She wears like the neck brace. Um, but I just like watching her throughout the movie because she still goes to the parties and she still like participates in things, even though she like physically has a tough time doing certain things, mm-hmm. like drinking water from the water fountain and just like, but she's still going to parties and she's still kind of just enjoying her life and she doesn't care what people think, which I think wow. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I like her. Um, I also can relate a little bit. I don't know if you remember this, but I wore headgear for a few months, um, not to school, but I had to wear headgear when I slept for a few months. So I was just trying to relate like, oh, like if I had to wear this to school, it'd be similar to like wearing a neck brace and be terrible. So so I don't know if you remember this, but I also <laughs> I also had headgear. Um, I don't remember I don't, you wearing it. No, I don't <laughs> remember you wearing it either. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. It's a much, it's a very personal thing. Um, yeah, we both, I assume, we went to the same no i went to the fancy Mm-mm. orthodontist and you went to the the cheap one for some reason yeah that's true <laughs> so uh headgear was yeah like a thing from movies that you see characters wearing out in public but in my experience our experience and then other people that i knew i don't i nobody ever wore headgear to our school Mm-mm. so no. we wore it at night and it's kind of like a super retainer basically uh, yeah <laughs> but anyway the the shitty part wasn't the humiliation factor it was the fact that you had to try to sleep with something on your head tugging at your teeth like, mm-hmm. when you moved so yeah that sucked um that's that's really interesting that you picked up on that character because there was a few beats that were like that were broad like the rest of the movie with her like where she bends down to sip water from the fountain and bangs her chin or something on the the thing Mm -hmm. but for them and she falls over backwards trying Uh, to drink a beer (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so it's 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 still kind of corny but 
not in an obnoxious way like some of the other corniness because um you're right she is self-assured she's not part of the uh the clique like um so her brother in real life john cusack is in this movie uh, but they don't interact. She doesn't interact with anyone, but she doesn't get picked on really either, does she? No, but she's friends with that really tall girl that ends up with Long Duck Dong. And then um, she goes to the party too, but she's just like not with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they go together? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, but she still goes to the party by herself. And I just think she's very like confident, even though she has this giant, you know, neck brace on yeah that's true that's that's <laughs> so i that's like a really, her that's a really good choice um derek did you think of one or you want me to go uh i'm just gonna choose long duck dong there you go it's a wild <laughs> very wild he, it, this movie obviously it gets it gets grief for a few things that, that we'll touch on and but that's like probably the most like superficial thing that it gets mm-hmm. criticized for is how um broad and, and stereotypical that that uh china chinese character is um his name <laughs> is a punchline everything about him is a punchline but i was i was trying to turn off my like uh, uh culturally sensitive part of my my brain and just evaluate whether any of his jokes were funny at the time mm-hmm. like if, if you're not even yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly stuff like that where he jumps out of a tree and screams bonsai um like a like a, a suicide bomber um is I, I, there were some of them are chuckle worthy with mm-hmm. a, with a mild amount of groan mixed in a lot of it is just straight up not funny though not again not because of it's it's uh insensitive i just think it's not funny i mean am i am i wrong there no i mean i agree i think there's certain i think certain parts that he's in that he's not actually like trying to be hilarious or kind of funny like where he's just like when he's like acting when jake ryan comes to the door and he's like no don't come in like it's mm-hmm. you again like i think that's like in- interesting and entertaining mm-hmm. but when he has like these one-liners like i'm just like all right and then like the gong goes off like cool like i just it doesn't really do anything for me but i think that's also stemming back to like what we were saying earlier like that's just not our type of humor yeah, oh, I, no more Yankee, my wanky. The donga need food. Like, I mean, when you hear it isolated, it is. It's it's hard not to, like, smile and again, like, groan a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's dick jokes and um, poop jokes and the younger character. I mean, there's no. All the characters are like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's not. Hot stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, enough enough dong. Um <laughs> that's it. I'm done. <laughs> okay. So, I, you know, I don't like again, I don't have a huge problem with him. I just I just didn't find it hilarious every time. The other the thing that's kind of redeemable is he uh has sort of an arc. I mean, he like meets up with this other other girl who's kind of an outcast at school and they mm-hmm. sort of hook up and he gets drunk and like sort of like the character that you picked for yourself he mm-hmm. isn't embarrassed um yeah he's, he's confident and you know mm-hmm. so uh his his heart's in the right place for me um do you want to guess who i'm gonna pick or should yeah, i just I say d- it okay Ooh, let me guess so not jake ryan not sam <laughs> um I'm not, not Car- this time not carolyn i'm hmm. gonna go with um I'll go with the geek, 
the main farmer Ted. He, he it's tempting to go with him. I mean, Even though for he's, me, not he's he he um I guess we could talk about him now. Like um, I think he's by far the most uh, well drawn character throughout the movie. Like in mm-hmm. terms of we get to know we get to see different sides of him throughout the movie. Um, he's a complete uh, skis when he like comes onto her in the bus at, mm-hmm. at first. And then he's a skis when he hits on her in the car, but he's also sweet and sensitive. Um, yeah. And, and then later, you know, um, we'll talk about when he hooks up with, uh, is it Caroline or Carolyn? Carolyn. Carolyn, yeah, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that more. But they have a they have a pretty like um, mature conversation. Maybe mature is not the right word, but they have like it's not played. They have conversations that aren't played for laughs. Like mm-hmm. any moment in this film where a character like has a real convo, uh, like her and her dad, um, is it sticks out in a good way because so much of the movie is just like punchline sound effect. Uh, sight gag sound effect um new character arrives sound effect i mean it's it's just uh exclam- there's wall to wall sound which i'm not going to complain about it having uh, a cool soundtrack at times but then it has like uh mission impossible colombo music playing <laughs> when the geeks are like uh using their night vision goggles to check out people at the at the dance i mean it just yeah like, i can't tell if the jokes would have been funnier without that but it felt it felt a little excessive yeah wait are you sam's best friend so i'm stalling <laughs> but i i actually did pick carolyn uh who oh that's why you laughed i was like wait <laughs> in real life if you remember um from last week when we did nicknames and used our middle names uh, as the cherry on top. My middle name is a weird one, Haviland. And I've never seen another person with that name until I was reading articles about this movie and Carolyn's name in real life is Haviland. So that's interesting. That's not mm-hmm. why I'm picking her. <laughs> um, I, I Even though she doesn't get that much screen time and she doesn't even, you see way more of her naked body before, you know, uh, half an hour before she even gets a speaking part um mm-hmm. and then the first time you see her speaking she's drunk and then she gets wasted and invites all these people to jake's house and they trash the place um so she's off to a rocky start but by the end i really kind of liked that conversation she had with jake at the end mm-hmm. where they just came to a realization that they weren't it was an awkward non-breakup but came to a realization that they weren't right for each other um the way that things play out between between her and the geek um might be controversial but it's interesting the stance Mm -hmm. that she that she kind of (laughs) takes on the events Um, and then they end up you know maybe it's a little bit wish fulfillment on the movie's part but they do end up uh potentially liking each other after that so i don't know i just thought her character was like in a different movie, we would have gotten to see a lot of different sides of her, um, not just her bare front side. Yeah. <laughs> so you so, like, cause she's a so redeemable character. That's your. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just felt like she had layers, um, mm-hmm. uh, layers of hair and yeah. layers <laughs> yeah. of, pers- <laughs> of personality that I could like use my imagination <laughs> to see. Mm-hmm. They weren't like totally apparent, but anyway, I liked her in 
Haviland. I'm thinking um, it wasn't until I, I don't know if you remember this, Ashley, but it wasn't until I moved away to college where I was able to change my name to, from Andrew to Drew. Mm-hmm. But I might be at a point in my life now where I can go by Haviland. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. We'll just shut that down. I think, um, you're, I, think you're, I think it's too late to switch your name again, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try, nevertheless. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad, it's a good name. It's just like at this point. Uh, it's a lot of maybe. syllables. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. a mouthful. Drew is, is concise. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> one thing, there's a lot of like memorable moments in this movie. So you can pick one that you loved or one you hated, but what's one that, that stuck out to you? Um, I guess I'll, oh, okay. Um, I, I kind of hated, I hated the underwear scene. I hated that whole discussion mm. before. I hated the unveiling of it. I just like, I think it's like very cringeworthy. So. Yeah. And I might've been, um, I was watching this movie with Jamie, who I referenced a couple of times uh, last week. And I don't know, after the movie, it was over. Uh, I, I found that like, it was hard for me to project myself back onto what it would be like to be a 16 year old girl for one, because I never was. Um, but um, I was just like, who cares? Like, you know, people mm. saw your underwear, but he did. But he had it for like two days or what or day. Well, he, he only requested 10 minutes with it. Right. So that like, whole, that whole conversation was really creepy. And then him yeah. like constantly trying to like kiss her and that well, whole yeah. stage, but I'm, the I'm, underwear scene where she was like, okay, fine. I'll take off my underwear and give it to you. I was like, really? Like that's okay. Like, I don't know. I would never do that. Well, so. right. I mean, at least he just came out, came out and asked for it i mean there wasn't really manipulative um and she was she was helping him out because she she felt compassion for him you know being kind of a loser and and getting made fun of by his friends she didn't expect that you know he would show everyone but obviously he was gonna show it to his friends that was the whole point to get money for floppy disks so well i mean i'm saying she didn't know that he was gonna start a little a little bathroom business with it but the whole point of him having it was proof to show his friends and Mm -hmm. i mean i'm saying she basically consented by giving it to him right that he would show it to other people yeah i just uh, didn't like it only for 10 minutes right (laughs) yeah that's everything after everything he did after that 10 minute window was completely unforgivable Um, Mm -hmm. and then jake ryan like rescues the underwear and brings it back to her i guess such a romantic she thanks gesture. Him for it, but does he? Does it show him? Anyway. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know. Let me see if I can think of something I loved about the movie. Um, oh, so the scene where after the party, so Jake Ryan has uh, reluctantly has a massive party at his parents' house, and they're rich enough to have all these fancy cars and a wine cellar, and things are getting like like everything in this movie just absurdly out of hand uh, mm-hmm. there's there's weightlifting going on and <laughs> weights crash through from the third floor to the main floor to the wine cellar all the wine falls over cr- breaks everywhere um, <laughs> by the time people clear out of the party uh, it's just Jake and like he's looking through the coffee table and sees uh, <laughs> the, geek, <laughs> the geek character trapped in a, a glass Wait, box. Wait, so we got $70, 
but we got a pair of girls' underpants. We're safe as kittens, okay? Yeah, <laughs> there's a little, there's a little snippet of, of, the of the geek. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm in a long-winded way of saying that I really loved some of the moments uh, with the geek. Like, you, you did a good job of explaining what, where he can go off, off track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like him, him and Jake bonding over martinis. Um, he has so many endearing moments. Often mm-hmm. they're like kind of mixed with with gross ones but like he's very charming and very um sympathetic because he's nerdy as hell but yeah. like charming <laughs> at there, the same time there is another scene that i loved from, or another part of the movie i loved sure. just thinking about um i love sam's dad oh yeah 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 that's an obvious one so yeah, yeah talk about just, that scene yeah, he's just very heartfelt. He finally, like the next day, um, they're all getting ready for her sister's wedding, and he realizes that they forgot Sam's birthday, and they have like a really heartfelt moment. And it's ve- he's just very sweet. You can tell that they really care about each other. Yeah, here's the clip. That's why they call them crushes. If they were easy, they call them something else. Oh. <sighs> it's just like so sweet. <laughs> like, well, you know how you know it's sweet because there's. Music. music playing yeah i know <laughs> i mean that's i think i can confidently say in that scene it didn't need the music and the music distracted from what was beautifully written beautifully performed mm-hmm. um yeah her dad like it's basically still her birthday but she's going to bed so it's it's getting late and he's like he comes downstairs said he couldn't sleep um because he felt so bad about I forgot like, your birthday <laughs> yeah he forgot her birthday um and he wishes her a happy birthday and they talk about boys awkwardly and intentionally awkwardly um and it's just it's cute there's the dad character in pretty in pink is like given way more screen time because there's no mom and it's just her relationship molly ringwald's relationship with her dad in that mm-hmm. one and he's just like the it's uh harry dean stanton he's just the best sweetest guy ever um almost to a like <laughs> a point <laughs> of unbelievability but mm-hmm. it's it's hard to fault um him for for being extra sweet so which is in contrast to the the biggest issue that everyone has in breakfast club is their parents um being assholes or ignoring them or you know i guess that's yeah. sort of a theme here but they redeem the parents a bit um in this one so that's cool um do you uh i know you did some research do you know if this movie was a big hit or not obviously it's still remembered today so it caught on at some point but was it a box office hit at the time well based on our uh break-in podcast we did Mm. last week i already knew the answer so it was not really a box office hit in comparison to Break In, which was like the breakdancing movie, breakdancing pop and lock uh, movie reviewed last weekend. Mm-hmm. But and overall, I think it only got a little over like twenty million while it's like, while it was running in theaters. So it's not really a box office hit in comparison. Yeah, I'm looking at others, but it, it cost six million to make and, and made twenty three million. So that's it's a it's a financially successful movie but the mm-hmm. fact that it was o- overshadowed by breakin which nobody talks about today um, right <laughs> everyone remembers this movie um is is pretty interesting um 
Breakfast Club, which came out after this, only cost a million dollars to make, and because it's you know set in one location and there's no uh, <laughs> no real uh, uh, production value necessary. I mean, it's 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 an awesome set, but it's it's very modest uh, uh, production, and that one made over fifty million. So it made 50 times its budget, which <laughs> is like, obviously Hughes was getting some momentum in the actors mm-hmm. and stuff in the movie. Um, were kind of like breakout hits at that point or breakout um, names. Uh, so anyway, it, it, it made money, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as big of a hit as it turns out to be over time. So mm-hmm. let's see, I got some reviews here um, on that note. Um. Roger Ebert calls it a sweet and funny movie about two of the worst things that can happen to a girl on her 16th birthday. Now, obviously one is having it forgotten. What's the, what's the other one? What's a second? (laughs) The panties? Well, I was also thinking maybe her high school crush not being into her. Oh, so when she drops the note and he finds it and like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the second one is he's yeah. really referring to. But. I have to read the whole review. Um, <laughs> let me find a bad one. So um, Dave Kerr in the Chicago Reader said, as the girl, Molly Ringwald is natural and appealing. Okay. But she's lost in a world of blunt, vicious caricatures. Kind of agree. Okay. Yeah. All right. What year is that review from? It says 2007, but again, I don't know if they like pulled it from an old one. Um, It sounds like it was written sort of at the at the present, but or like at the time the movie came out. But hard Mm. to say. Um, What's cool? What's undeniable? Even though Molly Ringwald's character Samantha in this isn't given a ton to do, um, I don't even know if we talked about it, like (laughs) her character yet, (laughs) uh, which is appropriate. She's like got a, a draw on an appeal that that like you can see she's gonna be turn into turn into something. I mean, I only knew her after she was already <laughs> something, but uh, it's 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 easy to imagine like that how much like she jumped off the screen at the time. So yeah, and she was only fifteen in real life. Oh, so, so she was only fifteen, and so was um, Anthony Michael Hall, who played Ted or Farmer Ted or the number one mm. geek slash nerd. You're so no, I both... thought Joan was number one. Well, she's number one geek girl. Oh. So. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> and number one out of only one. Yeah, so that's fine. Um, so they were both 15 at the time of the film. And Molly um, Ringwald played a part of John Hughes actually creating this whole movie. So he found her headshot mm. when he was going through headshots, and he was inspired by her headshot and made this whole story around her. Oh, um, and then he wrote it all in a weekend. Oh wow! That's yeah, incredible. which is pretty incredible. So yeah, um, so and yeah, she's so kind of like her muse a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because you mentioned that he uh, he had already written the Breakfast Club script before. Mm-hmm. Um, that one seems like the kind of script. And this isn't a criticism that, but just because of how um, stripped down it is, that you could write really quickly. Um, this one to write this in a weekend is 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 kind of crazy and then she said we so we all read this um new yorker article with molly ringwald kind of addressing this movie through a modern lens um talking about some of the more controversial stuff but she also just kind of mentions in that article offhandedly that uh he would never revise stuff 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He probably wrote it in a weekend and like, if it's unpolished, so be it. Um, I mean, I'm sure he rewrote stuff, but for the most part, like he was comfortable, um, just, just not revising scripts, which I thought was interesting. Um, a lot of writers have the opposite problem where they're like, they obsess over everything and won't, won't Mm -hmm. let it go. Um, but he, that's, that explains how he was so prolific. Like he was having two major movies come out a year, basically yeah. from 84 through the early nineties, which is if, if not more, um, which mm-hmm. is just crazy. So, um, he was directing, he directed like eight of them, but he wrote dozens and dozens of, of scripts and, and so many of them were hits. It's, it's kind of incredible. Um, so yeah, since since I mentioned it and since we're kind of talking about the the critical reception, like we're I think I think this article that came out um a couple of years ago in in the New Yorker where Molly Ringwald is showing this movie to her daughter who's like 10, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's 10. Um she's showing is she showing this or is she showing her Breakfast Club? The Breakfast she's Club. Just, yeah. Um the Breakfast Club, the most controversial part is when um bender the burnout character like goes under the desk and like peeks at her panties um which they had to hire like a a not they had to hire a different different actor to do because they Mm -hmm. couldn't do that to a 16 year old um so that's creepy and then he just treats her like shit throughout the movie and then she ends up um being in you know ends up making out with him but she even says in the article herself that like it well into her thirties, she was into boy characters, which could partially be influenced by the fact that she saw movies like the ones she was in, right. <laughs> which told yeah. her that was like what girls are into. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, that's really complicated. Uh, it's really complicated to assess the, the way things play out with um, Anthony Michael Hall and Caroline mm-hmm. in, in this movie. Um, do you want to explain it? I don't. I think we can avoid most of the controversy by just pointing people to that article. But like, do you want to explain like just how that plays out? Sure. So the party is like winding down, um, yeah. and so Jake and Ted, the geek guy, are um, having a drink in the kitchen. And Jake's like, "Yeah, you should really take Carolyn home." Mm-hmm. He's like, I, and then he goes, and I quote, like something like, "I could violate her in eleven different ways, but I don't want to." It was ten. Sorry, 10 yeah. different ways. Either, sorry, my fault. One more yeah. violation removed. Um, 10 different ways. He's like, but I don't want to. But he's like, but you can take her. You can take my dad's car. Yeah. She won't even, she won't even know it's me. Like, it's not me. Um, Anytime so I he, want. Shit, I got Carol in the bedroom right now, passed out cold. Could violate her 10 different ways if I wanted to. Yep, yeah. there you go. Yeah, 10 different Pretty ways. Pretty damning pretty awful um so then he picks her up over her shoulders she's like passed out drunk and they Mm -hmm. put her in his dad's car and then he gives the keys um to ted to drive her home yeah and then she wakes she like they do this whole rigmarole where like she's like who are you and jake's like it's me who are you (laughs) it's me it just they like do some hypnosis on her and she's just passed out basically to where she thinks she's in the car with Jake, but then she wakes up like and is, is, is really drunk, but, but seems like at least cognizant of what's going on. 
for a bit. Then she passes back out when he goes to his friend's house to take Polaroids of her, um, not naked, but like in his lap. So not cool. Um, mm-hmm. And then it and then it just ends there as far as what we see. Right. But they discuss it the next morning and it plays out because we had read that article. I was, you know, really keyed in on this on this scene um, mm-hmm. and the way it's been perceived in, in, in the modern day. And like it plays out in a really fascinating way. So when they're discussing it the next morning, he it's not like he's pretending to not remember. It seems like he genuinely remembers less than her. So at some point where the movie has us believe that she became the one that was kind of instigating things. Um, that's the way, like, based on the way it's presented. I'm not saying that makes it okay. It's just like... Yeah, I didn't... Well, I didn't really see it as that. Um, and you notice in the the morning scene where they're, like, waking up together or whatever, there's, like, all these beer cans in the back. Yeah. Were- so I assume that they just ended up getting, like, drunk again together Mm -hmm. both of them and then they both kind of like don't really remember so i don't know if it's like her instigate i would i don't i wouldn't say like she's instigating it in my mind i would just say they both are kind of like super drunk and then they maybe hook up or do hook up yeah i i only say instigating because like not is um to let the males off the hook just in the like they spin it in this way that it's supposed to seem empowering to some degree for her she's like yeah, I, I, he asked her if if they enjoy, mm-hmm. if he enjoyed it, and she doesn't really answer. And then he asked her if she enjoyed it, and she's like, "Yeah, I, I, I think I did," but she doesn't remember. So that's yeah, all, mm. all really. They're both drunk. Um, what's what's uh, absolutely inexcusable is mm-hmm. um, Jake's involvement <laughs> or right. lack of involvement. Yeah. Just uh, you know, when you giving when his you, girl away. Yeah, yeah, giving her away after saying the, the fact that she could be violated. I mean, it's kind of like if you were presenting the, the court case and, and mapping out that chain of events, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's very culpable. And he like, that's, that's the smoking gun evidence when the, the, the clip that Derek played, it's like, okay, so you, you were aware that she could be violated and then you put her in a car with a person um, and, and, let yeah. the rest happen without you you know like so that sucks um he's like sort of the i wouldn't say he's the hero of the movie but he's like mm-hmm. the dream dream guy um so that's a wrinkle that that uh samantha's character knows nothing about yeah um, she knows he has a girlfriend um but i don't think she's really supposed to she's not really like stepping she's not pursuing him so um anyway i she didn't know and about that other than that he doesn't have any personality whatsoever um except right. his hair right <laughs> yep um yeah he's very bland yeah he's like uh, the, the fact that he doesn't drink at the party is almost a person i mean like he has the martini later but the fact that he's not partying and he's kind of into this um into this like different type of girl is supposed mm-hmm. to make him a little more interesting i guess but for the most part he is bland as hell um drives he's bland as hell hot and drives really cool cars Um, yeah so that's uh (laughs) that's enough (laughs) um yeah so anyway i think if 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 you're curious like 
about more more on this topic like the best place to go I, in my opinion is hear it from molly rather than than from us mm-hmm. um, and that's a really good new yorker article yeah so yeah it's easy to find if you just google her name plus new yorker the other the other things not related to that that came out of that article were some she really kind of sums up what was so special about john hughes um in his movies the fact that like at the time high school students and their point of views were just not represented in movies they were all you know he's known for creating some of these stereotypes but he's also known for creating like characters with actual uh motives and and actual uh like interior lives that Mm -hmm. just like on a level that was never shown before and molly uh points out uh and certainly not from a female point of view so writing lead female leads um that have some agency especially as the movies go on (laughs) this one (laughs) she's just kind of uh blinded by love which is fine that's a, a valid thing to represent um in the high school experience but i I feel like that comment uh, as far as like the nuanced portrayals of teenagers in her in her lives aside from a little bit with the geek doesn't Mm -hmm. come across a ton in this movie (laughs) but breakfast club the reason it's my favorite um after kind of reevaluating things this week is just because that's all that movie is is getting to know the inner lives of these five different with seemingly completely different types of, of, of teens and they find out what they have in common. Like they learn from each other throughout over the course of one day that like you, you buy that it probably had like a, a meaningful impact on the rest of their lives. Just this one afternoon in detention together. Um, it has slow parts because it's just kind of a, a play, but like <laughs> on screen, but it's uh, by far the best written in my in my opinion of of the ones I've kind of looked at again so yeah it's much more interesting and there's no like cheesy sounds or like it's just yeah I don't know <laughs> it's nice to have an actual character development in a movie with like a high school teen movie yeah and they all it's not even about one of them I mean it's of five it's it's kind of I mean I guess some characters get more screen time than others but um the the shy uh weirdo girl like captain crunch gets, sandwiches yeah she gets i mean yeah she <laughs> makes a very strange sandwich <laughs> with a pixie a pixie stick a couple pixie sticks um peanut butter and then captain crunch smash. yeah <laughs> makes a very loud sandwich um, <laughs> and she also gets some of the like most um uh in insightful lines in the movie so we don't have to dwell on breakfast club but <laughs> i would highly if you're re-evaluating these movies i would i would kind of start there um in in terms of if you want to see the high of john hughes at least for me um do you have any more trivia ashley oh yeah Let's so um so i did mention that molly ringwald and anthony michael hall sam and ted um are 15 so jake mm-hmm. ryan guess how old jake ryan was in the Ooh, movie. i might Unless know you, do you know let's, this let's let Derek guess okay Derek guess 28 no he's like he's 23 <laughs> okay i was gonna say 25 i was gonna say 24 but then i for some reason went to 28 yeah that's fine um so he was 23 um but vigo mortensen auditioned for that role as oh. well i thought you were gonna say he was uh, in it no, no no he wanted that he wanted the role of jake ryan 
um, and he auditioned by kissing Molly Ringwald and Molly Ringwald was said that um, <laughs> she went weak in her knees and she was like so excited to work with him oh my god and then Jake Ryan or the guy who played Jake Ryan um, was cast instead over him <laughs> I'm dying to see um, a picture of Vigo at whatever age he would have been then yeah he's a stud now so I don't know because um, I mean I don't remember sometimes people like that were in a lot of movies that when they were younger and I just never noticed because I didn't know <laughs> I saw them first as older uh, characters mm-hmm. but I have no idea if he was in like a lot of movies at that age um yeah he wasn't, a, he wasn't a teen star that's for sure right um and then I had that at their high school dance they didn't have money mm-hmm. for air conditioning or anything so it was 100 degrees in their oh, wow. at their dance Fun. same with like Molly's house um, and it was, but it was so hot at the dance that Haviland, your favorite character, yep. um, Carolyn, had to, had to like change dresses because she got too sweaty. <laughs> mm, well, that's a good excuse for her to shower off during the dance, which she. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the, yeah, the character ages, it was really apparent that some of them fit their age. Molly mm-hmm. could have, I, I wouldn't have been shocked I feel like if she, she was a little older. Bit older. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that she wasn't is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Anthony Michael Hall looks exactly the right age. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Cusack looks about the right age. Um, mm-hmm. Then like Jake Ryan sticks out. Jake Ryan and his workout buddy, his workout buddy is like 40. Right. Bodybuilder yeah. <laughs> dude. Um, that scene was hilarious. Like they're, I mean, it, I say hilarious kind of in, in quotes. Um, there's a scene where they're, they're, talking about chicks as as us bros do and um they're doing pull-up while while doing pull-ups of course Mm -hmm. but you can tell it's gonna be like some kind of gag and so yeah like they're clearly not doing them and then the camera pans out and shows that they're um like their feet are touching the ground what's (laughs) what's hilarious though is not that oh go ahead Derek. see that part like when they were doing that i'm like they've got to be standing on something yeah yeah. in order to film this properly and then they actually do show that they're standing on something but it's i don't know it wasn't that funny well that's what i mean it's another like it's the movie just going going into straight up crazy par- parody um, of itself but like because in the background of that scene what is which is what is kind of funny because it's just happening in the background of that <laughs> conversation is like there's an old guy wrestling a kid and then he like lifts him up and starts spinning him around in the air. Yeah. The yeah. <laughs> like, what, what the hell is going on in that, in that gym? So that I, I, I'm all for like those background sight gags, but when they put them in the foreground and then they put 12 exclamation points on them and then they put a, a symbol crashing on top yeah, of that. Yeah, a little, I, little too yeah. much. <laughs> anyway, um, we've already sufficiently bashed that part of the movie. Uh, yeah. Are you, yeah, you got, got any more? I'm not trivia out just yet. Um, Anthony Michael Hall, Ted, um, had his first on-screen kiss with um, Carolyn. That was his first kiss ever. Oh, and his mom was sweet. there, so he saw oh. his first kiss. She saw his first kiss. It was kind of weird. Um, and then I only have – I looked up a little bit about the MPAA ratings. Mm. So if you yeah, – because this is PG. Yeah, so this movie is rated PG, and you see boobs, and there's yep. some F-bombs and some other stuff. Um, but PG-13 wasn't a rating until two months after uh, 16 Candles came out. So that's why it only gets a PG rating and not an R rating. Yeah, it happened. Show. 84 was a monumental year for so many reasons, most at the top of the list, uh, me being born. But um, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere down the list, um, 
there was all these like Spielberg movies that, and, and John Hughes, movie, you know, like grunchy teen movies that were really taking advantage of the fact that you were either R or PG and like um, Indiana Jones has like some, uh, s- some violence and some scary stuff. And that was PG. I think the thing I read was that um, Indiana Jones, which we're going to be watching in a couple weeks teaser uh, is, <laughs> is, was kind of the, the final straw for the MPAA or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and so then they came up with the rating, but they didn't end up using it until August when Red Dawn, I guess a war movie. Um, if Oliver yeah. was listening, he'd be rolling his eyes at my lack of <laughs> awareness of what Red Dawn is, but, um, <laughs> I think it's actually on our schedule. So we'll find out. Uh, that's the first movie that was actually released with a PG-13 rating. Um, Gremlins, PG, Ghostbusters, PG, um, et cetera. So, do but yeah, the, the fact... And do they go back and re-rate those nowadays? Or do they keep them at PG-13? It still says PG. Like It still says you, PG. Yeah, which is which is crazy. I, I feel like, in a, in a way, we've even gone backwards in society because I don't think you can show boobs in a PG-13 movie now. No. So you that can't. would make it a straight up R at our present our present day. You didn't even need yep. a PG thirteen for a shower scene like that. So mm-hmm. like American Pie could be PG thirteen by this logic. Yeah. And I listened really quickly, I listened to a thing about American Pie with Jason Biggs on it and he was talking oh, really? about the rating system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they almost got a they were really close to getting N C seventeen because of how many times he humped the pie. I was just so going to like, say, yeah. Yeah, so they had to like have like two humps instead of like five, and that changed it from NC-17 to rated R. So. Yeah, all the, all the grannies on the MPAA uh, are probably like way more sensitive to random shit like that than... Yeah, um, than, exactly. Uh, saying, like, present day, the way I understand it is you can get away with one fuck in a PG-13 mm-hmm. movie. Um, yep. So you really got to... <laughs> choose, really choose the wisely. right moment and i feel like that's that's what hughes was doing he um he did it there's only one fuck in this movie as far as as far as i remember there's of course the other f word which we won't even touch on um the homophobic stuff but mm-hmm. um she they get it out of the way really early in this movie with um you fucking forgot my birthday but in 16 candles she's having a really heated uh awesome argument like awesome in the sense that she's just like fed up with her um her new boyfriend's like uh non-committal uh attitude and just berates him in the in the hallway um has him like pinned up against the locker just yelling at him uh and drops the f-bomb during that and so it's it it's kind of cool like it does stick out when you only use it once or twice in a movie mm-hmm. um, it has like yeah yeah, it ha- yeah. I remember when I was little, counting, like waiting for it to drop, like the one F bomb. I was like, "It's PG thirteen. It's gonna have one." Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like wait for the whole movie for like that one moment, and I'd be so excited about it. So I think it's a good a good trick, like even in modern day, that writers could um, deploy more often. Like, uh, it doesn't have to be a Tarantino movie. Like, if you if you want the language to stand out, like use mm-hmm. it use it uh, selectively. Yeah, it's almost the same as using the the title of the movie in the movie <laughs> to yeah. me. I'm like, oh, it's a little gem. Like, it's just like kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Jamie and her friends called a shout out. Um, oh, nice. did it? Did, did this one? This one? Did it ever say sixteen candles? No. Yeah, a no. shame. Um, Jake could have been like, "Hey, 
how many candles are on this cake? <laughs> like That'll be the ending line. <laughs> yeah. uh, the ending line is great, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, any more trivia before I, I mean, go through this absolute treasure trove of tropes? <laughs> uh, no, that is it. So uh, movie tropes and TV tropes uh, basically like could be the John Hughes movies invented so many tropes that it's, it's just kind of um, uh, like the perfect type of movie to, to uh, create a website <laughs> dedicated to tropes <laughs> for. Um, I'm just going to like look at random. Um, there's one called a butt monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Is a lesser known, a lesser known <laughs> TV trope, um, a uh, butt monkey. I won't make you guess because okay, I don't. Yeah, not as, it's not as cool. <laughs> no, please, as it sounds. Ashley, try. try okay, to figure go for this it. One out. Um, uh, when oof, when someone grabs your ass and you, you don't want them to, I don't know. That's a that's a good guess. Um, I, <laughs> oh wow, the the example they give is from uh, a Buffy movie, and when I go into the the actual butt monkey. Uh, detail page but <laughs> as far as how it relates to this movie this movie uh, doesn't pull any punches in showing teens in humiliating situations so just acting like a oh. butt monkey <laughs> that's funny so <laughs> i was like great. very close <laughs> um let's see oh wow oh my god this is i'm 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 about to have a butt monkey in my pants um <laughs> reading this this quote from this is a quote from uh xander uh on on buffy um, you know what? I'm sick of this crap. I'm sick of being the guy who eats insects and gets the funny syphilis. As of this moment, it's over. I'm finished being everyone's butt monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have a special Buffy episode I know, or a Buffy podcast. Oh, man. Love yeah. that show so much. Let's <laughs> yeah. well, not, not get me started. So um, <laughs> let me, started. Let me see if I have any other. Uh, Forgotten birthday is a trope that obviously this movie invented. Um, I don't, I don't know how often that one comes up. There's a lot related to um, the Asian stuff. So the funny foreigner, the um, Asian and nerdy, Asian drivers, Asian speaky English. Um, I'm just reading from the website <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all of those are just uh, uh, pretty, pretty obvious. There's, this is, this is one that uh, everyone that's seen Say by the Bell or a million other things know, but breaking the fourth wall. That's another mm -hmm. thing. If you do it, or Deadpool would be the modern example. Um, yeah. This movie does it only once. Um, and it's kind of cool. I think Ferris Bueller, uh, I can't remember the line, but there's at least, there's at least once where that does it in a, in a really like iconic way. Um, this movie does it in the, it's the clip it's mm -hmm. it's so this is this is so awkward because it does it in um like about the worst possible time uh the geek the geek character right when um uh my character passes out in his lap <laughs> um he turns to the camera as he's about to drive off and he says this is getting good yeah and, <laughs> and that's, that's the only the, time they oh yeah. it's terrible uh but my my point was gonna be uh before he ruined it that like the f-bomb if you use it once it's a pretty cool like memorable device mm -hmm. versus deadpool which is fine um not knocking deadpool but uh that that takes it to the the logical extreme um yeah i think that's uh 
extremely short time span. So this movie takes place in two days. That's cool. Breakfast Club takes place in like <laughs> six hours. So <laughs> even he up the shortened the ante there. Um, you know, I I think it's time for our favorite segment. Ooh, rank yes. the blank. <laughs> <laughs> perfect Ooh, that's great um, i wish i that's that's obviously an example from the movie it's like when they're hunting babes at the dance or who knows when they use <laughs> when they use <laughs> cheesy music um so rank the blank this week is going to not be about specific scenes uh from the movie it's going to be kind of a general topic called worst birthday ever so this movie is a good example of um one way you could have a terrible birthday nobody remembers um it's kind of a low-key example but all the more uh all the more saddening because (laughs) it's not like you were even important enough for people to remember it um so that's example number that's uh birthday type number one getting it forgotten birthday type number two having your birthday overshadowed by a tragedy, which sort of happened to a lot of people this year, um, Ashley included. Uh, We talked about that briefly on the podcast. So um, the tragedy being uh, coronavirus birthday folks. Um, You always hear about people uh, complaining, fairly so, I guess, that they were born on Christmas. And so their birthday gets overshadowed by their own household and the entire country, anyone celebrating Christmas. Um, that's kind of a bummer. You could do just any like holiday birthday in general, like 4th yeah, of July. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I think Christmas is the classic case, but it totally applies mm-hmm. to um, to all the other holidays. Uh, being a leapling, which, um, did you know that word, Ashley? Leapling? I did, yeah. yeah. I look, <laughs> it's fun. I don't, I think I, I feel like for some reason I looked up like how many, I think I was with you mm-hmm. like months ago looking up how oh, okay. many leaplings or how many leaplings there are in the world or something, like some percentage for people Were you? that are that are leapers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Leapers, <laughs> leaplings, leaper mm-hmm. babies, leopard, <laughs> not to be confused with <laughs> lepers. Um, so yeah, they have one birthday every four years. That's a strong contender just based on the fact that <laughs> they have fewer birthdays than everyone. Um, and then I threw in another movie one, Happy Death Day, which is reliving <laughs> the same terrible birthday over and over, uh, Groundhog Day style. In her case, it's being killed. Um, I'll even, you know, to throw in my own, a little my own life into the mix, I wasn't born on a holiday, but I'm born on um, September 4th, uh, 1984, as I might have mentioned. And uh, my birthday often coincided with the first day of school, <laughs> which <laughs> Terrible. Is, a, is a bit of a bummer. <laughs> like sometimes it was that Monday, um, Labor Day uh, kind of either falls on the weekend before or after my birthday. So you go to school after Labor Day. And sometimes that was my, sometimes the first day of school was my birthday. So I'm going to add that to the list. Um, what is your first nominee, Ashley? My worst? first one for worst would probably be happy, the happy death day. Like having just a okay, terrible yeah, birthday, obviously. But I think that was almost like, that's got to be the worst one. Like constantly reliving a terrible birthday, right? 
I mean, um, specifically a, a terrible birthday that you get killed in, or just a terrible birthday, even if you don't get killed. I mean, like, a terrible birthday where you get killed over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. Even though I like horror movies, that's not really ideal. So. I mean, it's basically taking. Um, you could take the sixteen candles birthday, and if the movie was done Groundhog Day style. <laughs> and she just had to keep waking up and having and going downstairs and something slightly different happens each time but every mm -hmm. time <laughs> they forget that would that would be like obviously slightly worse than just having it once <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah fair fair point um <laughs> i think the leapling one is a strong candidate do, do you do we know if um if leaplings celebrate it every year or do they only celebrate it when they actually have the day well, and I was going to argue that out of the worst birthday ever, I feel like being a leafling would be the best one, like the best birthday out oh, of the worst. Are you an anti-birthday person? No, no, no. But I was just thinking like how much of a big celebration would be to have like your actual birthday, like even though it's four years, like you're, that birthday, like I feel like it's like your big celebration. It's like the Olympics. Like a super birthday. Yeah. You can, you can have a whole like a uh, flame ceremony. And, and yeah, a, pass a the torch, torch and everything. Ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that'd be like a cool, and even when it's like, not your it's like your off year um you could still celebrate it but it'd be like a different type of celebration like i think it's kind of cool but do you think people do that or do you think they do it every year and just move the day every around? year okay yeah. so that's cheap um yeah <laughs> so i that's that's an interesting kind of reverse take on that one um birthday overshadowed by tragedy i think that's kind of lame to whine about that obviously mm -hmm. <laughs> so we'll we'll rule that one out do you know, do we know any uh, Christmas birthdayers? Yeah, I do. I know a couple of Christmas birthdayers and a couple of Fourth of July birthdayers. Do they well. hate it or? They are not big fans. And one of my friends is a twin. So she's born. So she has a, a Christmas birthday with a twin, yeah. obviously. So that's even worse. I feel wow. like. Yeah. Double. What about, yeah, sharing the same birthday. That's another one. Ooh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's, I mean, it's kind of convenient, but obviously you could make it a, a, a john hughes movie out of that premise as well like the one birthday like it, one of the twins is popular and the other one has a bad makeover and <laughs> yeah isn't popular <laughs> for whatever reason wears glasses um, yeah until the glasses come off and yeah. she's like the most popular girl in school <laughs> um didn't get any real makeovers in this movie which is, is yeah. gonna be a, a a knock on how 80s it is when we get just to a that. haircut yeah we did get a a, a bad haircut but I thought to, I thought her hair looks great. Um, the morning after the morning after hair, um, uh, the so, wig. Yeah. Well, that wasn't a wig, was it? That's not her people's hair. hair has looked. Okay. <laughs> We're getting off sure. topic. Um, <laughs> honestly, the the one from the movie. Okay, you made a strong case for Happy Death Day. Sure, I'm not gonna um, try to trump that. But like, just the simplicity of this premise is is really is really impressive because like it almost is worse than all the other things that um, that we've said to just have your your uh, family and, and loved ones just straight up not remember. Like, that's the ultimate insult. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I honestly think that's, like, worse than, um, you know, having – you can get used to the other stuff, but this, like, would blindside you uh, when, it, when it happened. It, once you're an adult, yeah. sure, whatever, a lot of people are – um, either into their birthdays or not but like when you're 16 um, if nobody even acknowledges it that's that's about that's that's pretty cold it's pretty crushing yeah it's true yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that's going to be, that's, oh, I wanted to, um, before we pick a winner, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie and I were kind of debating this throughout the movie. Like does, um, does the premise make any sense? So her sister, the reason they forget is because everyone's all focused on her sister's wedding. Uh, mm-hmm. Her sister, uh, uh, rudely chose to have her her wedding (laughs) the day after her sister's birthday obviously she knew her birthday uh, when her birthday was um, at the time when they were planning the wedding and so they must have like discussed it it uh, maybe this is a nitpick i think you're thinking too far into it yeah (laughs) yeah i i just feel like they would have extra remembered her birthday because of the fact that they had to plan they had to have that discussion when they were planning the wedding but I don't think that was considered. When they also, were the wedding it. was just terrible. That whole yeah, it was awful. That whole scene. Her, <laughs> her fiance. Um, yeah, actually, Derek. Whenever I say something great, make sure to punctuate it with a, a sound effect. Because okay, cool. <laughs> uh, that was you a know sound effect great. from the wedding, by the way. Yeah. When she flips her shoe off at the end. Uh, so, and the I crash. Mean, so she flips a shoe off, and of course, it has to like violently shatter through a, a window off screen. We don't see it, but we hear it. <laughs> um, yeah. So so cheesy. So she takes four muscle relaxers because she's got her period. You know. Um, you know. Right, right, guys. Yeah, um, she takes yeah, yeah some Valium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, I'm I'm so glad we actually have a girl on the, the podcast now um, <laughs> to talk about periods. But yeah, that's all I want to talk yeah. about. <laughs> um, it's her um her sister's fiance uh, slash husband, um, the bow hunk, which is he's the, the worst. That, he's ugly. He's like smoking when they're walking out of the chapel. He's like, I mean it's hard to it's hard to not um she can barely even make it down the aisle because of all the the pills she took and she falls into the crowd and and she's she's obviously a mess um Mm -hmm. but uh he's just anyway that all fell really flat but it kind of sets up jake ryan showing up to to meet samantha at the end anyway we might need a tiebreaker vote here so Ashley is going with happy death day, waking up every day on your birthday and getting killed over and over and over. And over again. <laughs> eh, not bad. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going with uh, the, the movie, the movie that spawned the topic. You forgot my birthday, Derek, you want to weigh in? In the uh, happy death day version, you just live forever. So I guess that's kind of cool. And she falls in love. Yeah. But, but she yeah, gets you murdered for- every day. <laughs> Again. Until she figures yeah, out how to knock it. To it. <laughs> Who doesn't want to live in a slasher movie? <laughs> <laughs> I think you forgot my birthday is uh, the way that you described it, Drew, is probably mm-hmm. the worst. Give me a sound effect. Perfect. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for our last few questions slash topics, Ashley, do you know if this movie, did this movie win any awards? This is probably the first movie we've talked about that actually could have <laughs> been nominated for screenplay or something. Did it, did it, um, did it get anything? I'm checking right now. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, winner of the youngest artist, young artist award, Ooh. best young actress in a motion picture, musical comedy, adventure, or drama. Okay. Well, oh, so for Molly. For Molly, yeah. So Molly won. Um, it was also for Best Young Actor for Anthony Michael Hall, but it looks like he did not win. 
So. I mean, frankly, um, we talked, we touched on it, but he he sort of steals the movie. I mean, he gets way mm-hmm. more development, in my opinion, than than her and uh, a lot of the, his the, introduction. Oh wait, then. correction, they both win. Sorry, both of them Perfect. win. Well yep. deserved. <laughs> his introduction, yeah. Um, that was that was an example of like if they did the sound effect um, just a couple times for key character intros, whatever. Um, it, it totally worked at that point in the movie because it was like still novel. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they play some kind of uh, some kind of sound effect, and as he walks and uh, uh, gets <laughs> and then acts like a complete uh, skis. My favorite new yeah. word. Um, yeah, skis is good. <laughs> you're the cat's meow. So. Do you want to um, give this movie any uh, any Ashley awards? Oh, I was thinking the hottest dance based on my trivia. Hottest, and, oh. yeah, ah, a little, <laughs> little double entendre. Uh huh. And maybe, um, so maybe just the hottest dance, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I didn't. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. That only took like 15 seconds for me to figure out what the hell you were talking about. It's okay. <laughs> Wildest uh, party. I mean, Animal House probably is yeah. up there, but yeah, definitely the wildest party um, I've been I've seen <laughs> in and, a while. And, and I can also say best wig because it was a wig. You have confirmation. I have fact, on that. Yeah. So John, he's only wanted. So Havilland Morris's hair is naturally red, and he only wanted one redhead, so she had oh, to wear a blonde shit. wig. Now I'm yeah. even now I'm even more her character. Not that I have red hair, but <laughs> sympathetic. Um, <laughs> let's let's do the most confusing topic uh, of all. How eighties was this nineteen eighty four release? Very eighties. Yeah, <laughs> I mean <laughs> these movies. I mean, the whole uh, Hughes oeuvre uh, oh. is like. Uvra exudes okay. 80, 80. Yeah, I was, I was laying it on a little thick there. Um, yeah. It exudes 80s. I mean, these movies kind of defined one part of the 80s. Um, so this is probably our most 80s, 84 release yet, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, by yeah. far, yeah. I mean, just the things, when you think of 80s movies, you think of these movies, when you think of iconic 80s characters, you think of uh a lot of molly's characters you think of anthony michael hall um, and everyone knows who jake ryan is like jake ryan just yeah. is a perfect stand-in for uh vanilla hot dude um, mm-hmm. perfect uh not perfect um what was it not another teen movie um chris evans plays jake <laughs> ryan <laughs> named yep. jake ryan i think uh so yeah, that was. Uh, this is about as '80s as it gets. There's different types. There's a lot of million different subgenres of '80s, but this defined um, the the teen. This created the kind of like teen comedy uh, subgenre as we know it today. Obviously, there were mm-hmm. others. Um, and so yeah, uh, highest highest uh, rating yet. Last question. Would you recommend a rewatch, a remake, or both? <laughs> oh, an answer, <laughs> Um, I mean, since I just rewatched it, I've seen it all times. I would, I think it'd be cool to do a remake. Actually, yeah, of the I was just skimming the Wikipedia, and Molly was 
involved in some kind of USA movie production, mm-hmm. like in the early two thousands. I don't, I, I don't have time to to fully read the the, the article right yeah. now, but yeah, there there was something around that saying like someone wrote a script for like it was like thirty five candles or some like other number of candles, oh, yeah, which not great, not a great start. But so she was uh, gonna be, it was gonna be for her. Yeah, so I think it'd be like her as an adult and having like her kids. Yeah, I assume. I also Thanks. didn't read much into it because after the title, I was like, I don't really care. So then I kind of passed it. I, but I think a remake would be interesting without like the cheesiness of it. I mean, uh, I, I feel I like know. we've had a million. I mean, every but movie. But not a remake, but like another teen. Yeah, I guess we've had so many teen movies that it doesn't really. It's it's the perfect. I mean, because it's so was so influential. Mm-hmm. Every every teen movie is an uh, uh, an evolution. All the the movies that come out on Netflix now, I mean, like every every new movie that features teens is either commenting or you know has has grown out of this. So it's almost like there's no distance from it. You couldn't even like with horror remakes, like that that genre like had some lulls and and it changed. Mm-hmm. And now if you do a horror remake, it's like the prime time to set it would be the 80s anyway um it's because it's in vogue so honestly i would just recommend a rewatch we've we've been a little harsh on the movie but like <laughs> it's still very much um worth watching as as a time capsule um and i think all the hughes movies that i've that i've been rewatching, um they hold up differently than i remembered which is interesting like they're they're still good um they don't tickle my nostalgia point buttons as much kind of as i thought they would um Mm -hmm. not because of the problematic stuff just just it they're just different um than i remembered so um i would recommend that um and yeah i don't think we need a remake i mean you know it, it there's no saying there's no denying that it could be done in a good way but what what if they did it from a voice perspective and it was a guy turning 16 and they forgot his birthday or something. Oh, yeah. We need Jake Ryan, the Jake Ryan story for sure. Just kidding. <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. No, we need fast. Anthony Michael. Um, but this was already Anthony Michael Hall's movie, um, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, oh, before we um, move on and, and, and uh, kind of talk about what's coming next week, we should talk about the ending because I think what makes uh, so many of the, the uneven parts of Hughes's movies like uh, pretty in pink is very uneven in my opinion, but the last 15 minutes or so nail it's, it sticks the landing. Um, in this movie, the wedding <laughs> does not stick the landing in my opinion, <laughs> no. but the last 30 seconds sticks the landing. Um, or do you disagree? So do you want to set up that final scene? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jake Ryan, I don't even know if, I honestly don't know whose house they're at. I guess her house, because everyone's at. Do you know? What do they reference? She, it could be hers because the rest of the family goes smaller. to the reception, and she tells him, "I'm not going to the reception, the wedding okay. reception." So she gets. So Jake Ryan picks her up after the terrible wedding that her sister has. Yep. Um, he's just waiting outside the church, which is really sweet. In um, his badass car. In his really sweet car, is that Trans Am? I don't know. A red Porsche or something, Derek. Sure. Our car I don't expert. Know. I don't know, actually. Yeah, yeah have I have a, no you idea. You have a car expert handy, but we, we don't need to bug him. <laughs> <laughs> so then he takes her back to either, I, I'm assuming it's her place, and he gets her a cake. And there's, so they're just like sitting on top of um, the table, and they're just like talking to each other, and he's got her a cake, and it's all lit up, and he's basically mm-hmm. like celebrating her birthday with her. 
it's a beautiful shot. So it's, it's really like nice. Dark, but the candlelight is illuminating their face. Um, he, I'm probably gonna butcher the the line. Um, <laughs> I'll say I'll say uh, his part, and you say her part. So I, wait, I don't know. I don't know her part. We'll just see if you remember. Uh, if you don't, I'll do both parts. <laughs> you can do both. I'll choose you do both parts because you can do a girl voice. <laughs> do you do you uh, want to make a wish? Go ahead, Drew. <laughs> it already came true. Yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible girl voice. Um, That's great. So Jake's, Jake asked her that, and then she's, you know, it's, it's and very it, sweet. It's, it's sweet. Um, he, one of the articles I read about this movie, like, um, described the, uh, her point of view as like, or her characters, like, just wanting to be noticed by the, the guy in school that would never typically notice a girl like her. It's, I didn't really get that vibe when watching the movie because she just randomly drops a note at the beginning mm-hmm. that says she would have sex with him. Right. He never noticed her. He, he only noticed because she, yeah. Kinda. He did become like weirdly transfixed on her yearbook and finding her number. And he was, um, aside from the way he uh, shipped off his, his ex-girlfriend, I guess I can't really say aside from that. He was generically uh, decent. <laughs> a lot of the time um in the way he like uh called her grandparents and asked her to ask them to leave a message i mean i guess i'm really grasping <laughs> for yeah. ways to describe him uh in a flattering uh a flattering way aside from just him being hot uh mm-hmm. can't be understated can't be stated enough but she it does make sense in a theoretical universe that she's sort of an outcast um her family didn't even remember her birthday yet the hottest guy at school uh wants to uh take her out at the end of the movie um maybe just to have sex with her but it's not really it's it doesn't play that way i mean that's it's it's a it's unfortunate that they don't give jake unless it's intentional they don't give him like a little bit of a motivation other than that note <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i mean now that i think about it it's kind of um uh, it's creepier but anyway mm-hmm. um <laughs> looks it's a really beautiful beautiful last shot all of the movies the john hughes movies end with like a freeze frame breakfast club is the famous uh fist pump yes uh, there's ferris bueller i can't remember but uh they this one just kind of freezes on that shot the other to come full circle the other thing, uh, just from a cinematic standpoint, that was awesome was the entrance to school at the beginning of the movie. Uh, oh, that was they, incredible. They show this like <laughs> couple with their um, arms uh, wrapped around each other's waist and their hands in the, the back pockets of each other's jeans. Um, and it's just shot. It's not like shot like a creepy butt shot, but it's, <laughs> it's um, shot like a sweet butt shot, a double butt sweet shot. <laughs> Um, double butt sweet shot yeah. is that one of the tv tropes double, yeah. butt, double butt monkey sweet spot shot yeah um, <laughs> and then it shows them like locking pinkies anyway it's and a cool song is playing uh that was that was pretty epic uh just from like an 80s like cinema standpoint and so yeah it's it's bookended by some awesome stuff it's got uneven parts my kind of summary of the movie would 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 be that it it left me with a good a good but mixed feeling Mm -hmm. where are you at at the end i'm kind 
I'm the same. I mean, as a kid, I remember watching and being like, wow, this is so good. And now I'm like, it's fine. Like I never, yeah. I mean, I'm not like super excited about it. I think it's, has good parts to it. Um, but overall I would need, I'm like wanting more from a movie. So. Yeah. Derek, you have any last thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watched 16 candles with pretty in pink and, um, shit what's the other one breakfast club yeah breakfast club (laughs) and this you know i kind of have a some memory of watching all three of them relatively around the same time this one kind of falls flat for me Mm -hmm. yeah and i that's that's why i almost more than anything recommend a rewatch um our friend oliver um who will never listen to this podcast told us that we weren't allowed to (laughs) told me specifically that we weren't allowed to criticize it not because of the the complicated stuff but just because uh his nostalgia for it um is 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 powerful um (laughs) but i would i would challenge him or just be curious if he rewatched it if he didn't have some beeps with it and that's fine i mean it's totally uh, i know he would have a, a a nuanced very uh, intellectual reaction to it um, but he would uh, maybe like be able to uh, just his nostalgia might win out and that's cool there's a million things for me that the nostalgia wins out it's just been weird re-watching these and this nostalgia not hitting <laughs> like I thought it would so yeah um, anyway um, that's it for 16 candles next week we have a really fun movie. I don't need to say anything more about it. Derek, what's playing next week? Charlie McGee is an ordinary child, normal yes. in every way. Charlie, now watch what Except you do. one. But one, she can set things on fire with <laughs> just a glance. <laughs> on her birthday. But there are those who will do everything to control her and maybe destroy her. Charlie McGee is Stephen oh. King's fire yes. starter. Will she have the power to survive? Wait it oh, so good. Starts oh, Friday at select theaters. Check newspapers for locations. I can't wait. And it's so, rated R. I don't even remember. I don't remember enough to it be rated R. Well, but. it shouldn't be. So, gosh, we're we're broken records on the, the rating system topic, <laughs> but it shouldn't be rated R because they didn't have it yet. So maybe this one was retroactively re-rated. Yeah. Maybe. And I wonder why. I guarantee it's not going to feel like a hard R, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm forgetting, forgetting some stuff. I, mm-hmm. Was it, um, we can save this for trivia next week, but I'm pretty sure this was Baby Barrymore's breakout, Triple B, um, breakout <laughs> role, right? Uh, we're going to save it. Well, okay. We'll save it. Um, <laughs> on that note, um, if you want to make sure you are the first to receive our uh, our podcast next week you can subscribe by searching for new release 1984 on spotify or apple podcast make sure you put the 1984 part after new release because if you try to search new release <laughs> it's not the <laughs> most search friendly term uh, sure for, for something <laughs> on its own but um that's that's basically it for this week. We're going to uh, stick around after the credit song and talk about a few 2020 new releases, but that's it for new release 1984. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So um, before I talk about a teen uh, <laughs> comedy, <laughs> high school teen comedy uh, that no doubt was influenced by uh, the Hughes movies, Derek and Ashley have been just going going back and forth like crazy on the Netflix sensation, Too Hot to Handle, which I'm <laughs> too pretentious to watch. But what, <laughs> y'all, y'all just take it away. Oh God! Well, I'll do. I'll add one more thing. Derek doesn't watch a ton of stuff that we don't force him to. Um, so it's always fascinating the things that <laughs> that get him to keep watching. So, um, so yeah, that's all I'm going to say. So I was listening to our uh, podcast from last week where Ashley mentioned "Too Hot to Handle" and immediately. I said, yes, I'm definitely going to watch it. I don't know. There's just some trigger. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the old real world days. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why it seemed interesting. But uh, Ashley, what's the show about? Hot people on an island. <laughs> yeah. Attractive people that are maybe not the most intelligent on an island, vying for each other's attention, but also not able to hook up or make out or anything without a repercussion of a financial burden so on the whole let's, team. let's assume everyone that's not me by now has <laughs> knows the premise and we talked about it last week yeah why the hell is it number let's see i have this up um actually it's dropped all the way Ooh. to number 10 on netflix as of yesterday um but that's just because it's so hot and so popular <laughs> that people you know already watched <laughs> burned it. through it yeah <laughs> like two weeks ago when it came out so what's so what's good about it not what is it um <laughs> what's good De- derek you should talk about dave the best character yeah so really cool level-headed dude that uh you know comes out of it and his uh bro that he meets in the very beginning uh they're both kind of chasing after the same girl and then yeah he they have like a a bro to bro talk and uh dave allows uh sharon to have the girl that they both want yeah oh. and instead of he realizes sounds like a teen movie setup yeah, <laughs> but She's it's like very that. it's very sweet he like sits down beside him and he's just like talking to him about it and he's like i can tell that you really care for her and he's like mm. and if you really care about her then i'll step aside and you guys can try and like work things out and it was very like a very nice moment for this tv show which is an 80 percent trashy you know yeah. like it's pretty sweet moment yeah like a genuine emotional beat uh, Mm -hmm. inside of a a dumpster fire although yeah (laughs) my only opinion on the show is one that i would have to uh regurgitate from uh monica and dax on their very popular podcast um, that ashley and i listen to Mm -hmm. Uh, and they they both loved it kind of unabashedly i mean everyone knows it's gonna have trashy uh elements to get to get people in the door uh but they their opinion was that once once it's got going, like you actually kind of uh, were, especially the male characters, Dex said, were, were sweet and empathetic towards each other and like vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He was impressed that they were showing their vulnerability um, inside of a, you know, ridiculous <laughs> situation and premise. Yeah. And they all started off like very um, stereotypical, like I'm going to go and hook up with everyone on the island. Like they're all like very just like, setting that tone and then they get mm-hmm. there and they have like, they actually have like learning, like every episode has either the guys or girls are both doing some type of like, um, 
I want to say like almost like development building, like professional, like not professional, just like development building, like their characteristics, like helping with like handling their emotions or like how to speak to people, like how to communicate and like different things like that. Hmm. So I think I thought that part of the show was actually pretty interesting, like breaking down their different barriers so they could be better together. And y'all both finished it? I finished it. Derek? Yeah, I finished it in one day. (laughs) <laughs> i'm Day sure that's Woo. i'm sure that's the common uh time frame did uh it end well i don't mean, I, we, I think we can spoil it um yeah it that's the worst the worst part of the ending was terrible uh, yeah, totally agree yeah. actually ashley and i were sending texts back and forth about the ending it was so disappointing yeah. do you want to know the ending drew sure yeah <laughs> they end up just splitting so the hundred grand basically gets actually put it back into their account so they drop it and it goes back to 100 grand because of the good behavior essentially but you can tell that there's a couple, but it's which is stupid but there's also like a couple that you can tell that's not really into it and there's a couple that like seem to really care about each other so you should give the money to the couple that actually genuinely seems to have a relationship Hmm. that's the whole point of the show and or people that like behave well and so they end up just giving the money to pretty much everyone on the show well so that they they were gonna take money out of the pot as people hooked up but were they kicking mm-hmm. people out throughout the show or no so they did kick people out at the very end saying like we know you're not in here for the right reasons so a couple of them they kicked out but the ones remaining all got money instead of being like okay well you weren't actually very good throughout the show but you Francesca. were learned it just yeah it was just terrible Francesca. they're also yeah it's just the way it ended i was like i'm not sure the whole this whole show it kind of made me bummed how it ended but so y'all was favorite character was it dave for both of you yeah yeah, yeah and um and uh rhonda yeah rhonda really okay. powerful woman Hottie, cool. dude dang yeah she's and she's a babe yeah. yeah well that's that's, uh, <laughs> that's the point right <laughs> table, table stakes i assume yeah um cool well i'm glad i got to vicariously web some of that show through y'all um I don't believe you for one second. No, I he's like, I don't care it. at all. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't oh, care about the show. <laughs> so I, I also watched something in um, two days this week. That would be Mindy Kaling created a new Netflix show, uh, Never Have I Ever. She's not in it. It's um, a teenage girl from India that her family moves to California. And then she's, you know, kind of dealing with the normal struggles of high school, but also, you know, cultural differences. And she's got this really diverse group of friends. It's kind of books. I've heard people compare it to book smart a little bit because of the vibe at the high school. Um, But everybody is really likable and really, you know, basically to piggyback off the, the John Hughes discussion, they are, because it's a five hour show after 10 episodes instead of an hour and a half movie all the characters get really well developed and and they're complicated not always you know likable at all times but always um uh, layered and interesting so um you haven't had had you heard of it you haven't watched it right ashley Mm-mm. no i haven't heard it at all guess what so. is guess what's number one on netflix right now outer yeah. bangs well, that's that was number one, but never have yeah. I ever actually uh, sur- supplanted it. And oh. so objectively, my show is better than yours, is my point. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I but get- mine was at number one at one point, so. Yeah, I guess, I, so this is super geeky, but I've been, I created this uh, spreadsheet 
uh, another spreadsheet. <laughs> I've been really into spreadsheets lately for um, <laughs> every day at around four or 5 p.m. I go on Netflix and I uh, write down a uh, copy into the spreadsheet, uh, the top 10 standings, and then mm-hmm. I make like annotate it if something just popped into the top 10. So I'm kind of building this data set to look for trends on, you know, like oh. never have I ever debuted on Tuesday at number six. And then by Thursday, it was number one. What about Too Hot to Handle? Too Hot to Handle started the week at number six, and now it's at number 10. Um, no, I meant like when it first started. Well, now it's using I, Steam, obviously. I just started the spreadsheet this week. So uh, unfortunately, <laughs> my data only goes back to 427. <laughs> Extraction, the random, not random, the kind of like generic looking uh, Chris Hemsworth action movie mm-hmm. had a couple days at number one after it came out last weekend. Um, and it's still, watch that. it's still at number four. Outer Banks, uh, to my uh, delight, has been holding steady. It, it had a spot, it had its uh, day at number one, and now it's hanging into the top three. All right. Okay. Maybe I'll check it out. It sounded pretty interesting, actually. So, yeah. I mean, it's up my alley, but I think we talked to last week. It's also up uh, Oliver's alley, which is a separate alley in a very, um, <laughs> like, fancy part of town not fancy but a very hip part of town compared to my alley um and so yeah and i can't i don't know who else i know personally that's watched it but i haven't heard any complaints i think that's it um i don't want to talk about dave on hulu sorry ashley oh, but it's so good it just i'm just finale. kidding we can talk about it <laughs> oh, i was like wow so rude. i just watched the finale yesterday i don't have a spreadsheet for it <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's probably it. number one. Um, it's just... Um, it's definitely not familiar. the number one Hulu show. Sorry. Oh, no. I know. It's <laughs> Anyway, new spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, it's just the show about Little Dicky, aka who's a rapper in real life, portraying basically himself trying to become a rapper on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's uh, David Andrew Bird in real life. So Dave, hence the name of the show. Um, but it's really good. He raps in a few episodes and it's incredible. It's very funny and it's almost so awkward that you're kind of sweating watching it, Ooh. which I like. Yeah. I really like that like the awkwardness they bring in every episode. You're like, what's he going to say? What's going to happen? Like he's so uncomfortable, but it's, Jamie I really, just I really, described or Ashley just described something as so awkward. She's sweating. Does that sound like something you'd like? <laughs> Jamie hates uh, <laughs> awkward humor. So it's just awkward the entire time, but I really enjoy the show. I'm starting to find that whatever Ashley recommends is like right down my part of the town. Alley. Ooh. Yeah, you'll we'll have uh, maybe similar alley placements. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tease something that y'all don't even y'all it's an alley y'all can't even find if you if you wanted to look for it. Um, Rude. That that is on Hulu. Uh, I Norm, <laughs> do you already know Derek? No, no. I was just in Diagon Alley from Harry Potter. Uh, apparently, my my uh, Oliver's alleys are are overlapping more lately than ever before. Um, we're watching Normal People, uh, this steamy new uh, Irish teen um, love story, <laughs> teen slash college age uh, love story that's mature and um, like slow moving, but like very intimate. Um, so hmm. I might talk about Sounds- that more next week. I'm uh, halfway through. Sounds uh, interesting. I'll wait to watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's that's it for this week. Tune in next week. Woo! 
Yeah. And if you got this far, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> New release, 1984. Oh, this is so good.